Good afternoon and welcome to the Rhythm Notes of Health with me, Kai Ayanta. Today we are having continuation of our second series, um, Things of the Gut. And we have again with us today, Dr. Burst, and we're going to be talking in detail the importance of colonoscopy, a crucial screening of health. And without further ado, I'm not going to waste a lot of time going on. I just want us to talk about this colonoscopy, the importance of it, why we should have it, and what we're trying to detect. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in Dr. Burst. Dr. Burst. Hi, welcome back again. How are you today? Good, good, good. Dr. Burst, I was saying that Dr. Burst is back. We're talking about all things of the gut. And today we're talking about colonoscopies because as we uh, mentioned before, the importance of colonoscopies because if we're not clear on what should be going on with colonoscopies, what we should be doing, how we should be managing, when we should get our screenings, then we're really not clear on how to sustain life because things can happen if we don't um, get our colonoscopy. And I want to be that abrasive about it because I, um, I told you that I recently, just this year, the day before my birthday, my uh, play mom passed and um, it was because she had gotten a colonoscopy and they told her to come back and she didn't go back to get her screening because she was taking care of someone else and she passed. It went and it went really, really fast. It's kind of like um, she it was like in November, October, November. And then in February, she passed the day before my birthday. So it, it hit me really hard, hit me in my gut because I'm public health and I didn't save her. Oh, my gosh, I wasn't able to save her. So it was very personal for me because I know that. Uh, colonoscopies are, are preventable cancers if we just get our screenings in that. And, and like in most of our subjects, I know people think it's now cliche because I said so much that um, African-Americans are have a high rate of these different cancers and diseases is because we, we, we do. We don't have, because we don't have access to a lot of the best information that we should. We're not getting informed, right, as we should. And so there are a plethora of things of why we are underserved populations and why I do what I do. So Dr. Burst is back again. Thank you, Dr. Burst. Uh, and Dr. Burst, and what we know for sure is that you care and love us and that you're back again to do this podcast about, uh, about colonoscopy. So welcome, Dr. Burst. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Dr. Burst, as, as before, we hope that everyone is listening to each of the podcasts, but we don't want to assume so. So at each podcast, we want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I said before, Dr. Burst is a, a Morehouse man, so HBCU uh, undergrad graduate. And um, Dr. Burst, you're from Philadelphia, correct? Correct. Philly, the brotherly, the bro ironically, like you from the brotherly love, and then you went to the school that y'all talk about brother, right? <laughs> like Philly 63, right? <laughs> So, he, Dr. 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 Burst is really, truly 
uh, ingrained in, you know, what I've gotten from his energy, and I'm a big energy person, is that he's really ingrained in trying to help us to live longer because he can just be like, I don't care. I just want you to come and I'll see you when you come and we'll go from there, right, Dr. Burr? So just tell everybody who you, a little bit about who you are and how they can reach you. Okay. Well, like you said, I'm a native of uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I went to Morehouse undergraduate and med school. And ah. I did my internal medicine in, in, at Wayne State in Detroit. And then I went back home to Temple University to do my uh, gastroenterology fellowship. So I've been back in Atlanta about tw almost 20 years. Okay. Uh, my uh, practice is called MedCure Med Health Consultative Gastroenterology. And the office number is 404-881-8800. Okay, so now we know. So his office number is 404-881-8800, right, Dr. Burris? Mm -hmm. and you know, I said before, I like, you know, I like all those eight because my birthday is February. Eight, so <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love all of those, uh, all those eight. So Dr. Burris, so we talked about acid reflux, right, before when we, we were on. And um, I, I woke up the next, after, after the podcast, I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh, I, I should have asked him this. Um, but we talked about we talked about acid reflux and um, things that cause it, things we should not do to make sure that we don't, you know, have these flare-ups of acid reflux. You also said that most people um, have this reflux uh, that happens, but if it happens three or more times a week, then you should go see the doctor, right? So, mm -hmm. but today we're talking about because even at the onset of having conversation with you, one of the first things that we talked about was. Um, colonoscopies and you um, stressed the importance. So I'm just going to start out by asking you right at the beginning, and I'm going to ask you again at the end, the importance of getting this colonoscopy screening. And we're going to go into detail of what it actually is, but I just want to start out by saying the importance of getting this colonoscopy. Well, it's extremely important. And the reason being is, um, you know, unfortunately, we, we tend to, African-Americans, um, health tends to be, we always seem to have things happen at the end, end of life stuff, meaning the vast majority, we have the highest incidence of uh, advanced disease. Mm -hmm. We have more um, what are called right-sided colon lesions. Mm -hmm opposed to the left side of your colon. Your colon is kind of like a um it's like an upside down C almost. Mm -hmm. And the left side has a little curve to it, which we call the sigmoid. So tumors that grow there tend to cause symptoms earlier than tumors that grow on the right side of the colon. Well African Americans tend to have higher incidence of right sided lesions which is pretty much a, a straight line of the colon and can grow and grow and not cause many symptoms. So when it's detected, it is usually detected at a more advanced stage and makes it harder to treat and harder to remove. Mm -hmm. so, okay. Okay. Dr. Burks. Okay. So, so Dr. Burks, see, because Dr. Burks is uh, uh, a doctor, he's going he gonna to jump right in. He's going to get right into it. Right. And, and now I'm going to jump right in and get right into asking him questions, but he, he was telling us about why it's important to, 
have this colonoscopy. And he's explaining to us that um, that the colon is like a C, upside down C, right? Mm-hmm. And you said the left side has more of a curve, correct? Yeah. And the left side has tumors, right? And those tumors are what, what did you say? They're what? Well, is a curve on the left side. <laughs> so when they grow, the little twist, not twist, but little S curve in your uh, colon, mm-hmm. you tend to get symptoms earlier. Okay, so, you get earlier symptoms. Okay. And then on the right side, you say, which is more of a straight side. Right. It's, it's flat. So it's flat. It tends to grow bigger before it causes symptoms. Um, before or before you, you're able to know that these symptoms are right. there. And that's what happens in African-Americans. Right. And okay. I mean, unfortunately, colon cancer is, can be very asymptomatic. Mm. You know, that's why we check the... Uh, for blood in your stool, you know, you may have very vague symptoms like constipation. Mm-hmm. You notice that your stools are becoming more pencil-like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, non-specific symptoms like nausea and vomiting can occur, but it can be it can can really be pretty silent as far as symptoms. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you want to make sure that you follow up with your doctor and that you do. The, everything that you're supposed to mm-hmm. is, you know, when you turn 45 or if you've got a family history, then you have to really be uh, diligent in, in making sure that you get yourself screened for uh, colon cancer. Dr. 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 um finished his podcast before we start because he's just giving y'all everything that we need to know right in this first, uh, like, yeah, this is what you need to know and this is what you need to know for the screen and here, here are the symptoms. But we're going to break all of this down, Dr. Burst. No problem. No problem. Dr. Burst, like, listen now, because, because but, but, you know, but really and truly, Dr. Burst, I'm, I'm laughing, but what I like about you is that because it is so important, right? And we do have this higher incidence rates. You're like, I want to make sure y'all get this because I'm very passionate about this because this is what I do. I want to make sure you get it. And let me just tell you what, what's, what's happening, right? What's going on? So let's go back to the, the, the importance of getting the screening. And one of the things you said in, in importance is that it's asymptomatic, meaning that it could be, the problem could be there. You could have no symptoms right. of the problem there, right? That's mm-hmm. the, it, it, it's kind of like they say that hypertension is a silent killer, right? You don't know, you don't know you have yeah. hypertension, just why you got to go to the doctor to do it, right? So asymptomatic would be you may not have any symptoms, but it's but it's there, right? And mm-hmm. in addition to that, you were saying that it's important for African Americans get to get the colon screening is because we have this specific type of tumor that happens in a certain area in that kind of flat area that it takes longer for it to become noticeable and at the time that it becomes noticeable or you start having symptoms it's then too late right, right. okay right. in addition to that you said that um at, at 45 we should be having this colon colonoscopy done especially if you have a family history well having it. yeah 45 for everyone mm-hmm. okay but if you have a family history the way that we do it is if you know a family history um, doesn't mean, you know, your, your cousin Pookie or somebody. Yeah, it means immediate. Right. So you're talking sibling or parent. Pick now, sim- so have, mom, dad, brother, sister. Right. Now, okay. if you have two uh, second degree relatives, like if your mother has a brother and a sister who both have 
have had colon cancer, then that's considered a family history as well. So what you want to do is like, say if, if your sister has colon cancer and she was mm -hmm. diagnosed at say 43 years old with mm -hmm. colon cancer, and you actually subtract 10 years from her age as mm -hmm. to when you start. So, you know, mm -hmm. if you had somebody before 45, but they were 43, then you need to get your colon checked at 23. I mean, at 33. Mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. that most okay. Okay. So if someone handed at 43, you said, then you need to do it 10 years earlier. Right. If they, you've got, a, if you have a family, if it runs in your family. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. if, it, if it's, if they're 60 or older, then you just start at 40. But mm -hmm. otherwise, you, um, well, really 55 and older, you just start at 40. But um, you, um, the, the reason being most, most cancers arise from uh, polyps. Just mm -hmm. funny growth in your colon that over time can grow, grow and grow and then turn into cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, so we like to take those polyps out. Mm -mm, we're not going to talk about the polyps yet. We're not going to talk about the polyps yet. We're not going to talk about the polyps yet. We're not going to talk about the polyps. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. So first, so so because we're going to get back, we're going to get into like, what are you looking for when you get in there? Now, now I know the polyps is going to be, you know, one of those things. So, um, so you said that if you, so I just want to be clear on the, the screenings and the screenings of the age, right? So right. you said that if most people, if they don't have a family history, are African-Americans should get their screenings starting at 45, right? Those are the new health guidelines, 45. Right. But and however, if you have a family history of mom, dad, brother, sister, or secondary aunt or uncle, right, that mm -hmm. had uh, colon cancer before the age of 50, Right. right, you should get screened ten years before that age. So if they had, if they had, if they were diagnosed with colon cancer at, at forty-five, right, right, then you should get, you should start getting screenings at thirty-five. Exactly. Right. And so while we're talking about that, so so will the insurance pay for this mm -hmm. if you're getting screenings earlier? You just tell them you have a family history. Yeah, you just have to document it. They, you, you know, your your gastroenterologist should be able to document that and get that approved for you. Get approved, okay, um, yeah. for insurance. So, um, Dr. Bird, so this is, this is, so is this one of the main reasons that in, 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 um, um, in, in basic biology uh, degrees and masters and that they talked about genetics, is this one of the main reasons that you have all these classes of genetics so we can understand family members and how things are passed down and how things go. It's one of the main reasons. This could be one of the yeah. main reasons. Huh? Yeah. I told you, I told you. They need to, we need to, hey, Dr. Burris, we need to reinvent this whole biology thing and these kids be passing, like our kids be passing like nothing. And they, and they don't yeah. want us to do that. So they keep all of this in these words or books and don't yeah. make sure that they're clear on how to really break down why why we're doing things in the way that we're doing it, right? So, right. so, so we talked about the importance of the screenings, why they're important, you know, why we are missing the mark on, no, we didn't talk about why we're missing the mark. We just talked about the importance of the screening. So mm -hmm. what I want to talk about right now is before we go into the details, why are we missing the mark on this? Why, I mean, I know we underserved population, you know, all these things, but I want you to tell me, because I told you that my, I do this because 
I'm doing it for Afro-descendants, although there are people who don't listen to it who are not Afro-descendants, but this is for Afro-descendants, right? And so I want you to really tell me what you told me the other day, right? On the podcast, because I got something to say out of it. Okay. Well, it's it's a mere, it's it's a lot of things that go into it. Mm-hmm. One, one is just education. A mm-hmm. lot of us just don't not being told why we need to do do this colon screening. Mm-hmm. And some of it's miseducation of the doctors. Some doctors just don't um don't necessarily stay up to date on the different recommendations. Mm. Because some people are still doing 50 and it's 45. And for the longest, you know, it used to be just African-Americans were at 45. Mm-hmm. But now everybody's 45. So oh, boy, I'm you know, again. that's okay. So, everybody, so everybody's 45. And so right. um, earlier you said that, um, that, um, let me, let me, let me. Um, earlier um, um, earlier you said that that the um, that the that the that when we were talking before you were saying that the doctors were saying um, um, that some some of them were not telling us the information that we need right and because they are not telling us the information that we need then we're not even because who do you go to initially for your referral for your um to have your um colonoscopy how does that walk us through the steps of how that should happen well typically your primary care doctor will when you have your annuals mm-hmm. when you're at 45 mm-hmm. they generally prefer you to have the procedure done mm-hmm. you know like i was saying some of them they may not they may themselves not always um, know exactly when to send people. So I always tell people, you know, you have to be your own advocate. So mm-hmm. doctors are human too. So you mm-hmm. have to go in, you know, if you think you're due for one, you need to ask about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I said that because um, even my father, right? Because, you know, I told you I'm from Mississippi, so you can understand the, the the thought process and the backward thinking of us, you know, some of us from Mississippi, right? Even my father, um, um, you know, I told you the, the health challenges that he has going on, but even he, he said to me that, and, and because, and, and this is a, um, to understand the different populations of, um, of who we are, because a part of education and public health education is that we have to really understand how, um, different education levels learn, right? We got to understand how they learn, right? And understanding how they learn, we got to understand their thought process, right? So my dad, who's 86, he said to me that um, one of his doctors was a female, right? And and his thought process was is that, and and you know it was a female, and you know that that it wasn't a good thing that she was a female because for him, like, do she even know what she's talking about? But that's his generation, right? His generation is. The, the male is the person that gives this information. The male is the person that does this and blah, blah, blah. So, and then, so when the female, you know, referred him to the next doctor, the next doctor was, um, as my dad called, foreigner, right? He said it was a foreigner doctor. And for him, 
that meant it was a good doctor. Now I'm listening to him, not public health, right? He was like, you know, you know, everybody said hey, they like him. He was a foreigner, right? Which, you know, I mean, he was Asian descent, you know, he was a foreigner. And so everybody likes him. So he felt this, he felt this trust in this doctor because he figured because he was quote unquote foreigner or Asian descent or what have you, that he was going to be very, very smart, right? Now, now, the funny thing is he don't make no move until he called me uh, and asked me because I'm public health and I'm black and I'm a female <laughs> and I'm not even a doctor, but he don't even move. He tell him I'm going to call my daughter, right? So, but but I said that to say that I, I speak with a lot of doctors, right? I have a lot of doctors that are part of my team. I have a lot of doctors I partner with. And some doctors even say that, that um, some people don't want to see them because they're black doctors, right? Be you know why? Because we've been told that we're not smart and how dare I have a black doctor and they're not going to know what to do with me. They didn't, they didn't, they're not going to know how to treat me and those things, right? And, and another reason is why I do what I do with, with Afro-descendant doctors. So you can know that you got these smart group of doctors and I mean, of course, I'm a different generation than I know, but my dad is of a different generation. So to go back to the colonoscopy and the screenings, right? This older population, right? When someone else tells them other than um, uh, Afro descendant um, gives them information, they they figure it's the law. This is what I should do. It's come down from God Almighty Himself, right? The same way I told you that sometimes I call down there and they say, "Oh, people don't talk to the doctor." And I said, "Well, they God, because I be trying to talk to God." Really, you like, like, God, I got some questions. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like we don't talk to the doctor. What? what? Either you give me to the doctor or I'll get to the doctor. So that's that mentality of backward thinking, um, slave mentality, Willie Lynch, if you will, backward thinking of Mississippi people, right? But those Mississippi people are everywhere in the, all over the diaspora, but mm -hmm. of course, mainly in the um, United States and in the, in the South of the United States, right? Which is where we're located. So in order to be able to get us out of that thought process of, we're we're giving you the correct information and this not making it right and then um, you know you know as well as i that a lot of doctors are caught up in the finance of everything like you know i'm caught up in the finance i'm you know and if i got my quota here maybe i'm good with this person and i may not give them the information that they need because i've got my quota up here right and i'm not asking you to tell on your counterparts right because you know you're a doctor but 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 what i do want is for you to be able to be open for us to understand what it is that we need, right? What it is that we need to get. And we're not saying if you have a doctor that's other than an Afro-descendant to leave the doctor, that's not what we're saying. We're saying to educate yourself about your subject matter, about yourself, so that when you do with whomever, whichever doctor that you go to, you're able to ask questions and or help them manage your health. Correct, Dr. Burst? You're absolutely correct. I mean, the, like I said, the main thing is you have to be your own advocate. Mm -hmm. So there are times that you may come across a doctor who you like mm -hmm. who may not be well informed about certain areas. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they don't know their specialty. Correct. Could not be, you know, abreast on the latest in a different specialty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it never hurts to listen. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, my thing is, I, you know, wherever you get it, as long as you get it. That's right. That, um, no, that, that, that's right. That's right. That's a good question. But ask but questions. Clearly, in the African-American community, 
I think one of the biggest problems is just education. Mm -hmm. If we tend not to get as much information as others, Mm -hmm. some of that's by design, some Mm -hmm. of that is, you know, you know, doctors are busy too, but, you know, sometimes people just don't take the time to really talk to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you that one more time, uh, Dr. Burns, because now what you just said then is going to be the highlight for me for this show. And what is one of the main, what what did you just say? What is one of the main things with African-American people? Is we don't do what? What do we don't do? Education. We don't Education. And, uh, you know, and we actually, this was years ago, but I, when I was in training, we had done mm-hmm. a study for a screening. Mm-hmm. We found that um, we put the information out there in the clinic. Mm-hmm. And then we gave the information to the residents in training. Mm-hmm. We still found that between the patients not reading what's on the uh, boards around them and the residents not reading on the boards around them, the number of screenings were still the same. Hmm. So you know, the thing is, we got you. You got to take the time to learn about your own health mm-hmm. and, and learn what you need to do to stay healthy. A- absolutely, that I, I couldn't have said that better. That's why I wanted you to say it again because this is why I'm public health educator and I do what I do because I need you to just empower yourself by educating your yourselves about your health and and things and, and 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 I'm not saying and we're not saying and the doctor's on here and he's not saying he's not saying go in and saying I know everything right mm-hmm. I normally go in and I don't I really people know I have no knowledge of anything because I want to just want to know what they know on the basis right now if they start just shooting off the hip with me because that person that's one of my biggest hip peeves. I hate for people to shoot off the hip with me and not just in medical but in all things, because I'm a scientist, right? So uh-huh. I'm a fact-based person. So don't shoot off the hip. Shoot off the hip is not fact-based, right? Don't shoot off the hip with me. So if I'm talking to a doctor, like I was telling you before, before we started the show, I just feel like she was shooting off the hip with me. Like, that, that don't make no sense. But I left it alone because I knew I was doing a show with you today. I was like, mm, no worries. I'm doing a show with Dr. Burns and I'll get the, I'll get the answer for him. But, and, and, but what I'm always cognizant of is that if they're doing me like this and I have this knowledge, right? How are they doing the layman person? And that's why we get into the show. So Dr. Burst, let's, let's talk about this. So you go in for this screening, right? Or you go in for the consult, right? And which I did today, because it's time for me to have my colonoscopy. You go in for a consult, right? For your, for your screenings. And, and we know that you should start at 45. What happens in the consult? Well, typically the consult is just, uh, like just a routine exam you take it the doctor will take a history make sure there's no uh health issues that would be a concern during the procedure and you know in uh, a physical exam and then you know you'll go over the you know how the procedure is done mm-hmm. and you know what the requirements are mm-hmm. um and then you know it usually doesn't take more than 20 minutes and mm-hmm. then you get scheduled and then you come in for the procedure. Mm-hmm. And so, and they, and so, and so in, in, and before we get into this whole colonoscopy thing and what you're looking for, what, what is this prep that they do? Cause I, we, we, we talked about before also that in this whole prep thing that way back, probably 
four or five years ago, it was a whole bunch of drinking, a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of fast and a whole, and then now because of science, you guys have found a um, not so. Four volumes. Right. So tell us about the prep that you do for this colonoscopy. Because what we want to also, what I found, um, Dr. Burris, is that um, 80% of anxiety comes from the unknown, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you have to do. So one of my goals also of this colonoscopy is just so everyone can be clear on what it is that they're having to do and take the fear out of it because now they know, right? So we right. know that you first need to, at 45, you need to let your doctor know, I need to go to the gastroenterologist or the GI doctor to get this colonoscopy, right? And then when you go, when you come to the GI doctor or the gastroenterologist, then you first gonna do this consult in which you're gonna talk about the history and it's like an exam. And then it's gonna take about 20 minutes. And then you're gonna tell, you're gonna make an appointment to get the colonoscopy. And they're gonna tell you about this prep um, which, which, which Dr. Burst is going to tell us, going to tell about, tell us to get this prep in which they're going to call into your pharmacy to get, correct? Mm -hmm. So tell us what the prep is and the importance of having that prep. Okay. Well, the, the main, um, there, there's two, two big, I say, um, things that, that, that people are very anxious about. Mm -hmm. One is obviously the procedure itself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're sticking things where they're not really supposed to go. Mm -hmm. so we're a little apprehensive about that. Prep mm -hmm. is another big one because you know people have stories about it. Mm -hmm. um, most, I would say, usually the prep is probably the worst part of the procedure. Mm -hmm. And um, at the birth, we don't like to use words like per or worse because that's going to automatically make people say, I can't do it. So we're not going to say worse. Can't do it. You can't we're going to say it. the most challenging part. No, I like to be honest with you. But Dr. Burst, they're not going to do it. They can trust they're going to do it. The, the biggest problem is uh, the, uh, the, uh, the prep typically, the one you're describing is the big jug where you have to drink the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't taste, you know, taste doesn't taste well. But they, you know, now the person not having that situation, but y'all gotta still get this. Now the person's being honest with y'all, but y'all still gotta get this freaking colonoscopy done. You know, y'all out here taking shots and it don't feel good. Right, Dr. Burst. Well, one thing I'm, I'm an honest person. Nobody knows that I lie to me. But Dr. Burst, but they out here taking shots, right? It don't and it don't taste good and it don't feel good, but they taking it and they saying right. one two three and they taking some behind it. So with that right. being said, go ahead, Doctor Burns, tell us tell us so, about this prep. So most there are a lot of preps now that are probably about thirty two ounces that you mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. They're like two little eight ounce um, bottles that you mix with another eight ounces of either like Gatorade, you know, whatever mm -hmm. ginger ale things like that. Mm -hmm. it, it, the volume is less, but it, it helps you to clean yourself out. The reason uh, we need you clean is because you know it, it, if you not if you don't move your bowels, then it's just like looking in a cave. You know, mm -hmm. with no light, you can't see anything. And the last thing you want is to have to come and do it over. Mm -hmm. Okay, but, so um, so so Dr. Burns, you said that you said that the prep. Tell, say the prep again. What? Because you said that the big jug is not what we're doing anymore, right? Well, it's it only depends on your insurance. 
Now, oh. some insurances don't cover the other ones. And oh. some other ones. So, know, some insurance don't cover the ones that's not as worse. Right. <laughs> oh, because, because, they're, because they're less inexpensive. Or they, they got some deal with the pharmacy company. You know? mm -hmm, that part, that part right there, Thorny. So, we, uh, hey, 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 people, hey, people, hey, everybody is listening, hey, people. We got the GI doctor on here. Which one is the best one to get? Hey, Dr. Burns, which one would you have? <laughs> well, there, there are a bunch of the smaller ones. Like mm -hmm. prep, prep. There are a lot of them. And your, your doctor will talk to you. You just tell them. That you're, you know, you're trying to avoid the the big jug if you can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they didn't even ask me that. They just said we're gonna call in one to the, to the pharmacy. See, they didn't even ask me. See, I should have did the show, and then I, I feel like I want to go back and do a, another console. Okay, because I should have did the show, Doctor Burst, and then then went over there like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so they didn't even. They just said we're gonna call in. We're gonna call it in to right. the pharmacy. And I don't even know which one I'm gonna get. Right. Well, they probably know which one your insurance covers. That's probably why they're doing it. Mm. So what's the creme de la creme one, Dr. Burns? We want to know. Give us the give it's us the so, creme de la creme and then so break it down. But they're most of the almost all the preps now are much smaller volume mm -hmm. than likely. And, and you have to fast today or be on a liquid diet the day before. Right. The, the day before. But then, but liquids, right? Right. And, and no red liquids. Yeah, no red liquids. They ain't even tell me that. I just oh, remember that. I just remember that. Yeah, they ain't tell me that. Be confused with blood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so no, so nothing red. No red Jello. Right, right, no red right. sodas. You shouldn't be drinking sodas anyway. Right. But no red things because it could be confused with blood. So that's why they don't want. That was that's clear. They don't right. want any red things. So you're supposed to be on this liquid diet the day before. Right. And listen. Even today, because I like to tell how I feel, because I know if I'm feeling these things with my knowledge, that layman people are definitely feeling these things. So the moment that the lady said, you know, the day before you um, um, liquid die, in my mind, I thought, oh, I can't eat. Like, really, truly, I had to talk myself off the ledge and like, let your digestive system uh, rest for 12 hours. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, I can't eat for 12 hours. That's literally what I was thinking. So if I was thinking that, most people are thinking that like, oh, I'm going to die. I can't eat. You know what I mean? But we're, we're really letting our digestive system clean out and rest, right? It's probably the only rest that some of us can is going to give us because most of us are not fasting. So probably the only rest that we're going to get is to take this liquid diet and then after 12 hours, then we start with this, this drinking this liquid, correct? Right. Well, you'll you'll start probably about 4 p.m. that the day before. Okay, 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then um, you know, don't eat you don't eat or drink anything after midnight. Mm -hmm. And you will uh, you know, if you take medicines in the morning, yeah, mm -hmm. just have to go over it with your primary or your um uh gastroenterologist how they mm -hmm. typically mm -hmm. um just with a few sips of water mm -hmm. um, you can take them in the morning like your blood pressure medicine and things like that mm -hmm. and then you come in and dr burr so mm -hmm. when they say when you say liquid diet you literally mean liquid diet i remember being at a having my mom um to go get her colonoscopy and i remember being her, there with her and i remember hearing them fuss at somebody else because they said they was hungry and they ate some a cracker right and this sounds funny but they said they ate a cracker right like i well i was hungry so i ate a cracker now the nurse is knowing that if you're saying you ate one cracker you probably ate five right 
And they, they were upset. It was like, well, we probably not gonna be able to do the test. And they were very upset. And she said, well, we told you you can't have anything. He's like, but I was hungry and I ate this cracker. So I want to have you emphasize the importance of not eating anything, right? Like right, a cracker is something. Just clear liquids just that day. Just If you're chewing, you don't need it. Just that one day. That one so day, clear liquids. You know, because if you're not clean, then you have to do it again. Mm -hmm. and, and the liquids are the liquids are basically um, causing you to clean out your bowel, right? right. So you should That's be going healthy. to the bathroom often. Yeah, and, it, and you know, it's helping you not produce any more solid fecal matter. Okay. So, yeah. That's what the liquids so the So now y'all heard, now this is from the doctor. This is not from me, this is from Dr. Burris. He said you can't have these solids. You don't have these liquids and this, all these things that you're doing is keeping you from producing any solid matter to have fecal matter because they go in there and they can't see, then there's no need in going in there to have a colonoscopy, right? So right. don't eat. Okay, so we got that. Don't eat. Don't do what the doctors say. Go on right. the liquid diet and don't eat. So now we're the day of, we're there. We've, we've done right. We've done our little prep and they're calling into the pharmacy, right? We've got our consult and now we're the morning of the colonoscopy. What happens? So in our office, we have an anesthesiologist. Notice he said in our <laughs> office, but go ahead. <laughs> they, now they usually call you the night before just to go over your medicines and everything. Uh -huh. Come in, um, you know, they'll put, put an IV in, mm -hmm. go back over the procedure, then you'll go to the procedure room. We'll give you a little medicine, make you sleepy. Mm -hmm. and, um, we'll pass the tube. It's got a camera and a line on the end. We'll go through your bottom. It takes usually about 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You'll be asleep. You won't most you won't most people don't remember anything. Most people mm -hmm. say it's the best sleep. I know, right? It's the best. Right. You know, I probably shouldn't say it, but I always say it's the, it's the Michael Jackson. It's the Michael Jackson medicine. <laughs> But of course, Michael Jackson didn't have an anesthesiologist. And he abused it. Medicine, and he gave it to him at home. Yeah. So yeah. you have an anesthesiologist monitoring you the whole time. And then, um, you know, they give just enough to make you comfortable and sleepy. And then you come out and they'll, uh, another nurse will watch you in recovery. Mm -hmm. and you see the whole thing probably takes about an hour, maybe. Mm -hmm. Just um, check in, get mm -hmm. ready, um, have the procedure and recovery and then discharge. Okay. Okay. So when you go in to um, do the procedure, you, you said there's a, there's a small tube and the smooth and the tube goes in your rectum. He, he didn't say that, but he, he said he honest. So let's just be honest about the show. Um, the tube goes in your rectum, right? Because you're trying to get to the colon, which is positioned in the way that that's the best entryway to go to, right? So mm -hmm. the tube goes in your, your rectum and there's a little light on there, right? Right. And, and you guys are looking at a computer screen, right? Right, right. Taking pictures as you go. So you kind of like going on a little field trip right. and going up there and looking to see how this, uh, these, this, you, you started it, the small intestine, the large intestines. Right. We just look at the large intestine because mm -hmm. most pops, the, ma the majority of pops are found in the large intestine uh -huh. and, then, and then and in your food digestion right and your food digestion the large intestine is the last intestine that your food goes to before it's um excreted out correct right okay all right yeah by so, the time it gets to your large intestine is pretty much stool 
It's stool. It's stool. Okay. Okay. So you go to the large intestines and what are you looking for? So are you looking for everything with everybody? The What are the basics I should say that you're looking for? Well, the main thing we're looking for are polyps, little funny growths in your colon that can sometimes lead to cancer. So if we see anything like that, we can remove it either with a biopsy or you can pinch it off. Mm -hmm. You can uh, lasso it and burn it off. Mm -hmm. uh, those are Let, so the lasso is burn it off? Yeah, it's called electrocartery. Mm -hmm. um, you, you snare it mm -hmm. and then you can burn the, the base of it or the stalk of it. So it won't grow back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so are all polyps precancerous? No, most polyps aren't cancerous. But so are it, they precancerous? Well, if left in untreated, long, they can become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The difference in talking to, well, um, I mean, I ain't gonna say that, but the difference in talking to knowledgeable people, the doctor, and people who are not knowledgeable, and I'm not gonna call any names, but is that you, like, like you just said, that they can become cancerous if left untreated, but you as a doctor wouldn't say, well, you had this precancerous polyp, right? Would that be your verbiage if you saw a polyp? What would be your verbiage? I saw a polyp, what would you say? Well, I won't know until the right. If you're in the, you're you're in there. You're in there. Right. So and you, and say, you, you know, it just you know it doesn't. You know, most polyps are pretty small, so mm -hmm. typically you say you know it doesn't look like anything suspicious. Okay. Okay. Sometimes you will come across, you know, growths in the colon which look more suspicious for cancer. And that's and, not a that's not a polyp. Right. Okay. Right. okay. Or, or it could have been a polyp that turned into cancer. A polyp that turned, oh, because it was untreated, right? Right. Okay. So you go in and you see, and you're looking around and you're looking for polyps, right? Mm -hmm. What else are you looking for? Um, it, you know, changes in the colon, like if it's inflamed, what we mm -hmm. call colitis. Um, mm -hmm. You can look for what are little pockets in the colon called diverticuli, mm -hmm. hemorrhoids. Uh, those are those are pretty much the main things. Depending on patients um, who have other like medical problems, you can look for little funny blood vessels that mm -hmm. we call ABMs, things like that. But we're looking mm -hmm. for anything suspicious for bleeding or malignancy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also you know for other things like patients who tend to uh, abuse laxatives, the mm -hmm. colon can look darker than it should. And that can suggest, be suggestive of, um, you know, like laxative, you know, you either laxative abuse or just using too much laxative. Well, well listen, Dr. Burks, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but there's one reason why I'm laughing about that, just part right there. Afro descendants, now do you, <laughs> Do you find that that Afro descendants are have this uh, laxative abuse? It's, do we have do we have that in our population? Or well, everybody, there are people that tend to uh, you know. Th th there's a big misconception that you have to move your bowels every day, mm -hmm. and you know, what people don't people probably never pay attention. But when you fly out of town, you may not. If you're a weekend, you may only go to the bathroom once or not even go while you're out of town, mm -hmm. you know? 
your body just has that rhythm that it typically has like you're not some, at home <laughs> some people you're like go to the bathroom every morning they get up and go to the bathroom mm-hmm. but some people it may be every two days mm-hmm. but once you get out past every three days then that's a concern so, 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 so a couple of things, Dr. Burris, because Dr. Burris, this is not, not, I know, I know the people listen to podcasts going to say, I always say this is so good, but it really is. This is so good. And I always say this is so good because I'm learning a lot myself, right? So a, a few things that you said. So I'm going to go back to the diverticulitis, right? But when you said there's a misconception in how often you should be having a bowel movement, right? Mm-hmm. I am one of those person, and because we know that our mind controls all things, right? Whenever I'm traveling, right, I make sure that I'm eating. Well, I, at home, I try and eat an apple every day, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm traveling, I make sure that I'm eating an apple, make sure that I'm eating fiber because I am that person. If I'm on vacation, I'm not going to use the bathroom. It is my psyche. It's my entire psyche that I don't have the comfortability on my home. It's not my bathroom. I just, you know, my, you know, my child is different. We could be on the road traveling. She can go to the bathroom. I'm like, you're using a bathroom here? She's like, my my head. She probably gonna kill me for this, but she don't have that thought process. And I'm trying to give her this thought process that you don't use the bathroom everywhere, right? But because our mind do control this whole thing of, so because I know that about myself, whenever I'm traveling, right? And, and, and when you're traveling, you're not drinking your water like you should, right? Mm-hmm. So most oftentimes, you're not really eating like you, because you're, you're vacationing, what happens. Mm-hmm. So if you know these things and you're conscious of these things, then do things that you should do for me. I, I like to have a bowel movement every day. That's just me. If I don't, it's like, oh, I didn't have a bowel movement. So, but like you said, that's a misconception. And briefly, I want to just ask you, so how often, I think you just said it, if, if you if you have it every day, then you routinely just have it every day, right? But yeah. if but you shouldn't worry about it unless it's like you ain't had one in three days, right? Right. Or and I shouldn't say worry. Really, shouldn't. Yeah, past two or three days. Past three days, you, you need to, you know, probably either talk to talk to someone. Uh-huh. And and not take a laxative, what you're saying. You're saying this is when these people are like, oh, okay, I haven't had a bowel movement. I'm going to take a lax- laxative. How about eat an apple, eat some fiber, eat some things that helps to, and drink some water, right? You said that, you said that the last podcast, drink some water so you can dilute whatever you got going on so you can pass out, right? I'm not a big laxative proponent if mm-hmm. you don't really need it. I mean, typically people don't, again, like we talked about in reflux, if you eat right, you, mm-hmm. you, your bowel should move. Now, there are some people who it doesn't matter. They just suffer from constipation and there are mm-hmm. medications that mm-hmm. we can for that. But some people get caught up in these, these enemas, mm-hmm. things like that. But Yeah, Dr. Burke, I don't, I don't seem to even know these type of people unless they're just keeping it a secret. I, I remember um, being in college, one of my um, college friends, um, she was... Um, she took laxative, and that's when I first understood laxative to be something that people use to lose weight, right? Before that, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't really understand it. I still don't understand. Like, I don't know why you want to take these laxatives. You want to tap them. That's not fun, right? But people use it as a way to, you know, lose weight. So there's many reasons that people use it, but you hear from the doctor, you really, not, really should not be using laxatives. And really, and truly, people in my house, because of me, they don't use like I'll say eat an apple, eat an apple, eat some apple. Like it's fiber in it, it'll help you. And you need and you need to hold the apple. 
So right. eat an apple with the hole, right? Because I have people say they don't like the hole of the apple. Well, find an apple that has a thin hole, like I do, like the gala of the Fuji, right? Mm. And I'm not getting money to tell you about the gala of the Fuji, but I'm just telling you. So, so let me go back to um, the diverticulitis, right? Mm. So my dad, um, he loves nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think I inherited it because I I I have I I, I love nuts. I like because the crunchiness soothes me, but I buy I buy nuts with no salt, right? Mm-hmm. So I buy raw nuts, right, with no salt. But mm-hmm. I'm conscious of eating these nuts because my dad ha- will have this diverticulitis because he's not eating enough fiber and these nuts need something to help it pass through, correct? Well, you know, the studies now they don't, you know. The nut, the whole nut theory is kind of uh, not, is losing favor. You know, they, now they're saying that they, they don't really increase your risk of diverticulitis. But me personally, I tell people just to cut back on the nuts. Cut back. Just to stay. Moderation. <laughs> now that's what people think. That's what people think, right? Like right. I can't do nothing. Like in these nuts that I get the ones with no salt. And but really and truly, when I learned that, okay, it's, you gotta go get this colonoscopy again, right? Because I have polyps, right? In which my mom had polyps and my dad had polyps, and 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 so they said, you know, you have this family history, and now you have these polyps. So so now mm-hmm. I had to go back other than this 10 years. I had to go back like three, four years, right? right. And so when I learned that, oh, I got to go back, oh, I better stop eating. And I literally have not been eating the nuts, but I want to crunch on it, right? But because I have been thinking, I don't want to go in and they say you got diverticulitis. Although I do believe in being, um, doing what you do regularly, right? So doctors can see how things function, right? I've literally cut back, right? Because it's like, you know, you got to do this going on. Don't want to have diverticulitis like So just cut back. So, but what about what about the people who do eat? Because you know they push this narrative of nuts. You need to eat these almonds and stuff. So the people that eat nuts, like what moves the nuts out? Asking uh, for uh, me. Uh, no, like I said, they they now they're kind of it's kind of lost favor that nuts cause diverticulitis. But mm-hmm. you know, I always say just to be on the safe side. You know, you just. Try not to just eat in moderation. Don't eat in moderation, and that's what Doctor Brent said was great advice. So that's, that's exactly what I say. Now I don't. I would ask you why I lost favor, but I don't have time to ask you that. So I'm just going to. So you're looking for these polyps, right? Mm-hmm. And if you see the polyps, you're going to remove it for the most part, right? right. And um, you're going to take these different steps to remove it, and then you're looking for if the colon is inflamed, right? Mm-hmm. And or if he have these pockets, which is called a diverticulitis, right? And not so much holes, though, right, Doctor? Well, it's diverticulosis. Diverticulosis. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Yeah. Well, any any inflammation, they add itis to it. So diverticulosis, if it gets inflamed, is called diverticulitis. Oh, okay. And diverticulosis would be what? That's just the pockets. That that you. Pockets. Okay. Oh, okay. See, now see, not the nobody ever told me this, and I'm sure other people didn't know. It. So, so if you see the pockets, right, and, and your colon is looking is not inflamed, it's just diverticulosis, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's inflamed, then, it, then it's diverticulitis because the ida says that it is inflammation or infected, right? right? So everybody learned something new that 
the itis means infection going on, right? Okay, all right. So if you see this, when you're doing this colon colonoscopy and you're only in there for like 10, 15 minutes, right? To go up here, take this picture. What then do you do? You know, I know you don't talk to the person that's been asleep. You talk to whoever's with them or what have you. How do you proceed? Let's just say they, they had a polyp, right? Um, and they had diverticulitis and, or if they had diverticulitis, right? Or inflammation, what is your conversation with the patient family member, I guess, at this point? Well, typically we wait till the patient wakes up. Okay. And we give them a copy of their report. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes the patients don't want a family member present. So if they don't, if they don't want a family member present, Mm -hmm. And I'll go over it, and then uh, when we get the results back, then we'll go back over it again. Okay, uh-huh. because you should come back in like right. two weeks or, later, or, or not, or you can do a telemedicine visit, telemedicine. or my potentially come in. Um, if they have a family member there, we'll go over it with both of them, make mm-hmm. sure everybody understands. And but but I still call them back later to go over the results. Okay, and your doctor should really should be or someone should be calling to see how you're doing, right? Right, right, and they they should call you the next day. Mm-hmm. So unless yeah, they should call you the next day and then uh, just to check on you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so and so and so, Doctor Burr. So your the the main goal is to go in because if you're not getting your um, colonoscopy, colonoscopy in which I'm fifty four. You know, women don't like to tell their age, but I'm like, I'm never to be alive because my doctor said, if you want to get older, you're going to have to keep living, right? If you don't want to get older, you die, right? So right. I'm always like, I'm 54, like I'm 52. Like I Man, tell my age, right? So wait, what's that? I said, you should embrace it. Yeah, embrace it. I don't know. They caught up with this yesterday. It's like my dad doesn't miss it. But um, <laughs> I have a lot of friends and um, family I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of um, um, friends, spouses who is over 50, like older than me, right? It's not my age and some older, who have not had a colonoscopy. It, it cringes me. I'm just like, you haven't had a colonoscopy, right? I'm cringed, right? And so, and I say, you better go have your colonoscopy because of course now I have this fresh sensitivity heightened because my play mom, has right just a few months ago right so if 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 these things are gone untreated these uh um, polyps will have you or anything else that you see if they don't get this screening then what happens well you know it, it could lead to cancer and i just had a patient um not too long ago uh had never had a colonoscopy and they were I think 72 and they had colon cancer mm. that was a lot of colonoscopy they should have had like mm. these three right right That's, yeah and so but now I would say, listen better late than never so better late than never. it's never too late to get a check it's never too late to get a check so if you haven't gotten a check don't say i'm over the age i should have got it done i'm not going to get it done you still need to right. get it done right and 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 I and I often say uh, avoidance does not resolve. You know, people be taking stuff I say and they use it against me. They be like, "Use it in." Avoidance don't resolve. 
avoidance does not resolve. It literally, as they say, sweep things under the rug. And the rug is still going to be there. This is going to be higher and higher and higher with stuff under it, right? So avoidance does not resolve. Um, but you, you have to know what is going on with you. And the only way you know that is that is it trust, you got to trust some science and trust these screenings that they have really articulated over the years to be able to see more and do more, and it's even, even with, the, with the prep for, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, so Dr. Burris, you, we, were, we were talking, um, this weekend we were talking, we were talking, you were talking about this population of um, 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 prison uh, mm -hmm. people that you, that you saw. Could you just talk a little, bit of, a little bit about that? Because I want you to talk about the food and some of the things, because we haven't talked about food, but I want you to really tell us about foods that increase your chances of having all these dysfunctions, if you will, in your colon and about this population that you served in prison and right. what is happening. Yeah, well, had I, as I mentioned uh, on the previous podcast, um, I do see prisoners and I've mm -hmm. noticed that, uh, that there is definitely colon cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's related to the processed meats. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. The uh, studies show that if you, um, you know, now this study was years ago, but they had mm -hmm. looked at the countries that rank the highest in red meat and fat intake. Mm -hmm. one, one was Finland, two was U.S. Mm -hmm. and Finland ranked number one in colon cancer and U.S. ranked number two. Mm -hmm. So clearly red meat, high fat intake, uh, all increase your risk of developing colon cancer. Red meat and high fat intake in which some people figure they crave that red meat because they iron is low and they need to they need to get some iron right and instead they they increase their um their their red meat intake now i am my, my i get on my husband's nerve because i monitor his because i'm i necessarily don't be in, in those things i like probably every green moon my, my daughter said whenever i'm on some steroids to my allergies I, i'll eat a hamburger because other than that i i don't so that's every green moon right but i'm always on my husband about but then you because I want him to be conscious of that it, you do have these higher incidents, but but he always reminds me he goes to the hospital to go to the doctor. They say his mom's like the like a seventeen year old. <laughs> I'm the one stressed out. So. Say, you know, moderation. The thing yeah. is you want to, you want to try to cut back on the red. Mm -hmm. You want a more a high fiber, low fat diet. Mm -hmm. so the better, obviously. Alcohol, cigarettes, sedentary lifestyle, all those mm -hmm. increased risk factors for colon cancer. Alcohol and what do you say? Uh, smoking and mm -hmm. sedentary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Sedentary lifestyle, not moving. Right. Mm -hmm. So exercise more, drink, eat healthy, drink more water. And, and do you know why the um, alcohol um, increases? Because, because really and truly alcohol increases all cancers, really, not just colon cancer, correct? I think it's just an association. They all are related, um, you know, um, not specifically exactly why particularly, but just the studies, they found that people who drink tend to have increased, you know, but they, they don't mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. and, and, 
and 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 that that become a pastime favorites of Americans um, um, because of the taxing of it and it's all money. And now it's like, well, yeah, we don't got all this money, but we're gonna tell y'all y'all gonna die because then if now if y'all die, we gonna need y'all here to spend the money. So it's a vicious cycle, right? So we gotta really <laughs> understand that whole thought process of you know living here, living here in, in, in America, and how this whole thing works. Like we're gonna tell you to do it. We're going to make it easy for you. But now we're going to say, but if all y'all die, then the economy can't even keep going. So now we're going to tell you that don't do this because it's going to die. Even though we needed it before for the tariff for the taxes for the money. You know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> look, I'm a low-key uh, conspiracy, but you know me and Dr. Bruce had it come. Low-key conspiracy. But really and truly because when you're scientists, you fact-based and you can kind of put it all together, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes your work as a doctor hard, right? And so, Dr. Burr, so what, what can you tell us, like, percentage of your population that um, um, the age, the age group and the, the population and who has a higher incidence from, I'm just talking about your particular population that you see, who has the higher incidence of uh, cancer or not seeing, I know we said African Americans, but then I'm talking specific for gender, I'm talking about your population of, of, of people that you see in age. Well, technically, you know, the longer you live, the increased risk of developing these cancers. So we don't generally see, it's, it's uncommon seeing, you know, cancers below 50. Mm -hmm. now, we do see them, but it's not, it's not a common, as common as, you know, once you, once you get past 50, you know, everything is open. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bruce, you have to start saying you're going down. So get your life together. <laughs> you're going down. The 50 is like, oh, down here for you. So, you better yeah, get that, it together. That's why 45, we try to do 45 so we can catch it before, you know, catch it even earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when you get to 45, 50, that's when you start seeing the uptick in colon cancer. Uptick in colon cancer. So so, so Dr. Dr. Bird, this is this this show right here is, good, is so, so 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 good. I am literally going to promote the show to, because I want people to understand these screenings, right? And I want them to get the, their colonoscopy, and I want them to be aware of a preventable cancer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some cancers like the pancreatic cancer is like hard for for people to see. In the, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, oh, we don't know, right? But right. these cancers that's definitively, because people get all scared and like, well, you don't know if you got pancreatic cancer, right? But we're telling you that there are some cancers that still are deadly that we can take control of if we get these screenings, right? right. You know, and colonoscopy is, is one of them. And right. so you told us the importance of getting the colonoscopy, why we should get it what you're looking for. You told us about foods that we need to avoid. You told about doing things in, in moderation. And so Dr. Burst, I think my, my last question is, um, when you, what is your excitement? Listen, listen, listen to what I'm asking. What is your excitement in doing this show? Because this is important. What is your excitement, excitement in doing this show of colonoscopy and screenings. Do you understand my question? What I'm asking? What's your education? You mm -hmm. get one person to come in and get screened because that could be the one person who. I mean, there there are actually cancers that we can remove mm -hmm. through the colonoscope mm -hmm. that they wouldn't even need to be treated for. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't need surgery. They wouldn't need chemotherapy. Any of that. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, it's a, it just the whole thing of education. That's why I'm happy to come on here because, yeah. you know, you keep it real. Yeah. People have to know what is going on with their body. And if yeah. you yeah. abreast of it, then yeah. they can go in and make intelligent de de uh, decisions. Decisions, right. And, but, but Dr. Burr, see, I got, see, I keep telling people about my energy and I feel he was energy. But isn't I told you why? I, I love your husband, like really and truly, I love him. Like, because I can just like really feel your energy and your passion for wanting to help educate. And so that's why I asked you about what is your excitement about this? Because for me, you know, ever since most physicians are telling me, you know, that we're trying to, you know, get out of this COVID thing, like, what is it that they're concerned about? The things that they're concerned about is screenings, is that, you know, because colon cancer is high incident rates than before and breast cancers and all those things. And, and, and there's there because we've so been involved in COVID that we That's now right. forgot about these average everyday screenings. You know, we're coming on, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, we're seeing a lot of patients who miss their screenings. Mm -hmm. We've got, you know, more advanced either polyps or some even cancer. So, yeah, it really just kind of shut us, you know, took the whole screening away mm -hmm. for two years. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's what and that's what all the doctors have been telling me. So I literally have been doing just conversation after conversation after conversation about screenings. Like, what topic do you want to talk about? Screenings. Like that is I'm just being I've been consistent and I've literally like spoke like seven different places. And I'm talking about one thing screens you got to make sure that you understand them and you got to make sure that you're getting them but i want to go back to a question that i think that i think that I, I may have missed so you get these colonoscopy if every 10 years if nothing's wrong right if even every, if you have a family history no if you have a family history it's every five years okay regardless of if they see something or not right if so family history five colon cancer or colon polyps okay so like when your daughter turns 45 just get her colon checked every five years. Every five years. It's okay. a family history. Okay. Um, now, now the polyps, it depends on the number and the size. So they may want you to come back in three years. Mm -hmm. They they may say, you know, they may even have you come back in a year. They feel like there were a lot of polyps and they just want to make sure there weren't any other ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but typically colon pops uh, is every three to five years based three on five years. gastroenterologist thinks it's best. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's so that you, you're having to go back and check and make sure which, and which, 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 which going to happen to me. Cause look, my mama, who my mama, cause I be taking care of her, but now she wanted, cause I'm still your mother. And I go, and I have my screen in there. She's talking about, but I thought you just had a uh, colonoscopy. <laughs> I didn't even want to go into the whole story because she probably forgot. Mama had these polyps and you, know, you got to go back. I didn't even want to go into all that, but she's like, but I thought you just got you. But I did, right? But because I, I had the polyps, they said, you know, you have to go back. And literally, for real, I literally forgot. But when I got when I went to get my physical, right? Because my internist now has the, the, the information, the documentation and the records and reports. And she said to me, it is time for you to go back for your screening because you have polyps. And had I not gotten that physical, I'm so into educating everybody else. They'd have been like, no, she done died because she was educating us and now she done died because she didn't go. You know what I mean? So, you, you know, but you have to, 
partner with it, it really it really takes a village with your help right it, like it takes a village to raise a kid and education and all that it really takes a village with your help and it takes all of the doctors being involved and working together I, I have a problem with one doctor bashes another doctor I mean in the way of saying that oh come to me you shouldn't be going with them anyway like I'm the doctor that does this right because I feel like you know we can all partner together to be a better individuals for for the people right so right. I, I go to this doctor I, I mean I, for me I get a physical and I go to the to the to the GYN or or, or I'm, I'm, I'm past the childbearing, so GYN or OBGYN, right? And so, because some people, some women just go to the OBGYN, right? They don't get a physical. I get a physical and I go to the OBGYN because your insurance is going to pay for both, right? Right, right? Preventive screenings they're paying for because insurance companies know that it's cheaper to have you do these preventive screenings than to pay for a cancer, right? right? So they, they pay for them. It's like, this is a part of your benefits. You get this, there's no cost or if so it may be a minimum five dollars or so to go get these screenings so there's no reason for us not to get the screenings done um now now i love to answer reflux show but i promise you dr burst this colonoscopy show because i think you know i because i know the importance of it right and i know that you know we're high, we're dying at a higher incident rate than we should because we're not getting screened and because we're fearful and i think this particular show is going to take the fear out of it right so we can better control and they can be like well now i, I was listening to that podcast and they said this so and they can ask a question right a, a, a question that they now understand that they can ask and it's only because of you being the gi saying hey listen this is what we need to know this and you and and then you're then then you're very modest, which, which I like about the doctors on the show because you're saying you ain't got to come to me, but just go to somebody, right? And yeah. just go because remember I said I should have waited, and I should have came to you, but I do that all the time. That's, that's as long as you get what you need, yeah. As long as as long as long as you get what you need. So so in closing, just as I did in the, the other show, uh, Doctor Burst, what do you want to leave us? And I know we've gone over, but what do you want to leave us? in closing, because I want to make sure I get everything for everybody to understand this colonoscopy, the crucial screening. Of, that's why I call it the crucial screening of health, of your health. What do you want to say to us uh, in, in, in closing? Well, if nothing else, call or go see your primary care physician mm -hmm. share your up-to-date on your colon screen and see if you're due for your colon screen, because mm -hmm. nobody cares about your health, but you that's right. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, and wait, wait, one more time. What'd you say? Nobody would now? Dr. Nobody cares you about your health with you. But you, but you. Hey, so you got to take control take care of it. But it's, you know, unfortunately, the people that love you, that they're the ones who need you the most. So you have to be there for them. Mm -hmm. you may and you got to take care of yourself too. Right. You may not always come across the doctor who it may be a bad day, may be mm -hmm. busy. But you have to be your own advocate. Your own advocate. That's very, very important. And if you listen to the Real Notes of Health mm -hmm. podcast, then you are on to the first step of becoming your own advocate because you're now educating yourself about what you need to know about your health. Dr. Burns, this has been so much fun. Hey, Dr. Oh, Burns, you know, I already uh, was looking today at some other shows that I need to do, <laughs> do with you. So Dr. Burns will be back. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Burst. Doc, thank you. And, and, and remember that, Dr. I need you to uh, give for me. You know, that Dr. we talked about 
Okay. <laughs> I need you to give me that doctor so I can bring that person on the show. Okay. Um, no problem. No problem. Okay. And so thank you. Thank you so much um, for the information. It was great information. My paper, I'm, I'm, I'm like really old school. I write things down. So my, my, my paper is literally filled up with different colors. Because remember, remember, remember in undergrad, they taught us to, you know, make things in different colors when study happens, right? So I still do that today, right? So my paper is filled up with these two different pens and I'm writing with a black one, a blue one, right? So because this has been so good into helping us understand all these things about getting our screenings and screenings. And so I know after this podcast, if you haven't gotten your screenings, you're gonna be getting your screening. So thank you so much. Glad I could help. Dr. Burst, tell us one more time how to reach you and how to make an appointment if you're in the Atlanta area um, to see Dr. Burst. Uh, My office is at Emory Midtown. Mm -hmm. That's Medcura Health, Constipated Gastroenterology. 404-881-8800. 404-881-8800 for Dr. Burst. Thank you so much, Dr. Right, Burst. You have a great evening, okay? Right, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That, 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 that was a good show. About, y'all, y'all better get these screeners done. Like that, that show, that, that show was so good about these screenings that, um, that Dr. Burst is talking about that we should have these podcasts, podcast, these screenings that we should have for our health. Oh my gosh. So I know that everybody should be getting their screenings. Oh boy. Let me, let me just talk about this, uh, our soul note uh, for, for today. It is, um, and if you follow me on my social media, then you know, you already, you already heard this because it's, uh, it's Jennifer Holiday, And so I, I said early that I was 54. And so, of course, I know Jennifer Holiday. And if you're older and if you're R&D, um, then you know who Jennifer Holiday is. She's one of the original dream girls. And so she has a new project out. Jennifer Holiday is a um, independent artist. And you know, here on the show, I like featuring independent artists because they may not get the radio play that they normally get. And if it's a good song, it's a good song. And I was recently told that I'm artistic in a way that I could pick a hit. So this is a hit, right? So this is Jennifer Holiday, uh, So In Love. She is uh, Jennifer Holiday's um, dream girl on social media. So Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. Holiday is H-O-L-L, so H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y. And her new project, her single that's out is called So In Love. I really like it. She, she's a soft-spoken lady, but she, when she sings, you hear this power in her voice. I am, I'm like really so in love with this song. So I want you to go get the single, check it out. She's again, um, Jennifer Holiday, Dream Girl on, um, on social media. Check her out. Let her know you heard about her on the Rhythm Notes of Health and um, have a little music to um, keep, keep yourself together, keep your rhythm together, have some music and let her know that um, Kayanta told you about it on um, the Rhythm Notes of Health uh, podcast. So colonoscopy screenings, 
you already got the 411, the 911. I should say the 911 because it is uh, crucial that you get these colonoscopy screenings. It is crucial that you go to the doctor so they are able to check these polyps out. The, the things that I want to um, say to you here in closing is remember that every person um, should, Afro descendants should start getting their colonoscopy at 45 if there's no family history. If there's a family history at whatever age that your family member had cancer, had colon cancer, so if they're 33, then you should start getting screened at 23. So Dr. Burr said that it should be 10 years earlier than the time that after the time that they've got, I mean, before the time that they've gotten um, colon cancer. He also said that if you have family history, you should be getting your colonoscopy every five years. If they find a polyp, you should be coming back between three to five years, but that your gastroenterologist or your GI doctor will tell you at which time you should come back. Make sure that you're partnering with your internist or your family family care doctor so they can get the reports. And so if you forget like me, when to go back, they can tell you when to go back. Remember, we repeat what we don't repair, meaning that generational health um, cycle of, you know, my, my, my mom had this or my grandmother had this and that, and it means that I'm okay that I should have it. No, we have science and we have screens that are out here that can help prevent this. So we repeat what we don't repair, right? So repair, let's repair our mindset so that we can get uh, colonoscopy sooner than we need to. Um, your race, where you live, should not determine whether you live. This is why I do the podcast. And when life moves fast and your mind does too, remember to breathe. It can help get you through. I am Kai Ianta, the soul of public health. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Until next time, bye. Good evening. Later.